Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Welcome to another episode of TechSauce Global Podcast with me, Chowodatyongjiranon Arpupay, the TechSauce Global Content Editor. Today, we're going to take a look at the ecosystem in China. Where is it heading and what challenges lies ahead uh, for those who want to enter uh, one of the world's, well, maybe the world's biggest ecosystem. Uh, so with us, we have a really interesting player that has been with Con- in contact with Texas here in Thailand and around the world. That is William Bao, the general partner of SOSV and managing director at Mox and China Accelerator. Now, SOSV is the world's second largest uh, VC, so it's going to be a very interesting talk. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Hi, really good. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, we're talking via Skype. Um, first off, we want to ask you, uh, how is the landscape right now for startups in China? Sure. So um, we're, uh, China has seasons uh, in terms of startup. Um, there, there's usually uh, winter uh, and there's summer. Um, and so um, the in terms of uh, right now, we're in, in winter. Um, what that means is that it's quite difficult to raise funding. Uh, BCs are, have been uh, taking a break uh, from investing uh, for over a year now, uh, and, the, and the virus, uh, coronavirus, uh, is not uh, helping that. Uh, so, um, actually, the best time to do a startup uh, is during winter when it's hard to raise money. Uh, because then uh, it's easier to find good talent. It's easier uh, to build a company when you have less competition, uh, and uh, it, it's it's a lot easier uh, to, uh, to to really set yourself apart um, when there isn't a lot of other you know overly funded companies. Um, so since the end of 2018, through a pretty difficult 2019. And now we're at the start of um, what's going to be a, a pretty difficult 2020 uh, with the virus. Um, we're in a really good time uh, to actually be doing a startup in China. That's really interesting that you're you're sending off quite a positive note in what would a lot would say is a very challenging time for not only China but the rest of the world. I mean, we are uh, pretty much affected by the new coronavirus from Wuhan, um, it took the world by surprise. And we just want to know, what is the situation right now? Sure. So people are just, uh, have been on lockdown for the last couple of weeks, and they're just starting to go back to work. Um, you know, they've been uh, kind of holed up in their houses. Um, but um, I, I would not say that things are getting back to normal. Uh, but people are starting uh, this week to go back to work. Uh, and so... Um, there's uh, still a lot of limitations, but uh, in the major cities like, uh, say, Beijing uh, and Shanghai, there have not been a lot of cases. Um, there's some concern about, um, you know, people coming back from Chinese New Year's. Um, and so uh, while the number of cases has been flattening out, actually the numbers are quite positive. Uh, there's still uh, quite a bit of risk around a resurgence of case- uh, cases 
uh, post people coming back to work. So we're positive, we're, we're optimistic. Um, the number of new cases is, uh, is actually shrinking. Uh, and so, you know, things, the, the, the steps put in place around Wuhan really helped uh, stop the spread. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, even though, um, you know, we hope for the best, uh, we need to plan for the worst. Uh, so we've been working with our startups to help weather through uh, this tough period. Uh, but from a startup perspective, it is a very good time uh, to start up uh, because uh, in these tough periods, in these tough times, you know, when there's mass layoffs and uh, very difficult to raise money, that's actually the best time to build a company. Uh, and it's the uh, it's sort of the cockroaches, the survivors um, who, uh, who who can um, really take advantage of, of this tough environment um, that will uh, build the, the next generation of, of leaders uh, coming out of this really tough uh, year and a half, uh, a year and four month period. Yeah, it's really difficult because it's not just a physical impact in terms of people getting sick, but it's the psychological impact. Um, we've seen a lot of, unfortunately, a sense of anti you know, uh, Chinese in a way, like uh, people aren't traveling now. Even here in Thailand, we've been impacted with uh, less numbers from Chinese tourists. Uh, how big of an impact do you think this will have for the year 2020? So uh, I lived and worked uh, in Asia, in, uh, in greater China through SARS. Uh, so we've seen this before. Um, the question uh, really uh, is how long is it going, is this um, virus going to go away? Uh, like SARS did, uh, you know, with the springtime and the warmth uh, and also the containment, or is it going to linger? Um, so at this point, um, you know, we're, we're thinking at least two or three months of impact. Now with SARS, it did not end up really uh, hurting uh, the economy. Uh, it was a, a very much a manufacturing-based economy back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the, the year, everybody was doing triple shifts and, and basically banging out the, you know, the products. Um, now that China has changed its economy, it's a very heavily uh, service-based economy, things are different. So I think you're going to see a, a pretty a negative impact, uh, especially um, on, on, on uh, certain parts of the service economy. Retail is taking a hit for sure. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, trade, you know, the, the, the product side, um, should be less impacted uh, than the service economy. Okay, so for those who are going to go into the Chinese ecosystem, what is your advice for them? Because it's a totally different strategy now that you will have to take, right? Um, I don't think the approach uh, is, is much different. Uh, again, it really depends on the problem you're solving or the challenge that you're attacking, right? So if you're doing China market entry, you need to make sure that you're solving a problem that people on the ground actually have. Um, and um, there's a lot of people with a lot of free time on their hands. It's a good time to get there and, and, and do interviews and, and just people spending a huge amount of time on social uh, and understand the market, understand um, the challenges that people have and position your product um, to, to help solve those, those challenges. Uh, and so you can do a huge amount of work in terms of validating whether there is a real challenge to be solved um, without actually being on, on the ground, or, or, or even if you are on the ground, uh, without talking to people face-to-face. -face. Uh, that's the, the wonder of the internet. Um, so the first thing is figure out whether uh, you have an advantage in China. Most companies 
have less money than the local Chinese startups, have fewer connections, have poorer market understanding. So they don't belong in China. Uh, one of the services that we provide is through a 15, 20-minute conversation. Uh, we can pretty easily uh, tell uh, whether a company has uh, what it takes to, to succeed in China. And they, they need to have like a superpower, an unfair advantage. Because the local players have so many advantages. In order for an international player uh, to, do, to, to have what it takes in China, they need to have an unfair advantage, uh, something that the local players cannot get in order to be successful. Uh, and so it's down to two things. Are they solving a problem that people on the ground really have? Uh, and secondly, do they have an unfair advantage uh, versus locals? Um, what is the uh, most important thing that uh, startups from outside should know in terms of um, getting in touch with uh, what each of the regions uh, need in China? Yeah, so I think um, the uh, China has uh, you know three or four major cities, um, and usually for people coming into China, um, there's uh, there's not uh, you know there, there's some general characteristics uh, like Beijing is general internet. Uh, people come from around the country to Beijing. Uh, you know, uh, you have Shanghai, which is media and travel, um, and uh, also fashion and luxury. Uh, and then, of course, Shenzhen is hardware. Um, uh, but uh, you can go out to, uh, you know, say Chengdu, and they, they have a lot of games there. Um, so there's uh, expertise uh, in, by city. Uh, and then there's sort of the markets, um, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three cities. Uh, we generally uh, tend to uh, recommend people go to the main cities uh, in order to take advantage of um, talent from across the country. Uh, as opposed to, uh, and this is for people going to market entry, as opposed to going to uh, tier two or tier three cities, uh, just because they're easier for international entrepreneurs to operate in. You know, they're more international, and we think that's quite important. Uh, so that's why China Accelerator is based uh, in Shanghai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say that these factors, that you do have a massive, of course, everyone knows, massive markets within your country, and also the uh, the talent to go with it is, is one of these or is this the main factor to why uh, China has been so successful in having uh, now unicorns exceeding the United States? Yeah, so I mean unicorns are magical, mystical, you know, uh, uh, creatures, and there were there was a new unicorn, you know, going back a year and a half ago, coming out, popping out one every three point eight days. Um, but what's happened since then is you've got uh, a funding crunch, you've got the winter. Um, so now you see a lot of unicorns dying. Um, you know, you see a few in the U.S., um, but um, uh, you're, you're seeing a lot more of that in China. Uh, so I, I'd say um, for international startups uh, coming into China, we're, you know, we're, we're helping most companies that are doing enterprise, B2B, SaaS. This is where there's a huge opportunity. You know, four years ago, we were 80% consumer. Now we're 80% uh, uh, enterprise and mostly B2B2C. Uh, we think that's where there's a huge opportunity for international companies to come in. And we're, we're partnered with over 200 multinationals. 
And these multinationals are under pressure. They used to have advantage versus local players in China. Um, but now they're seeing huge competition. The local players have more money. They're, more, they're faster. They're more aggressive. And they're using technology like AI to personalize their solutions. So the international players are caught back-footed. And they're more willing than they used to be to partner with startups to bring innovation uh, into their business in China uh, to compete against the local players. Um, so we're actually seeing uh, China as a way for global enterprise hardware, uh, enterprise companies, um, uh, hardware and software, but I focus mostly on software, uh, to get into multinationals uh, because the multinationals are seeing the most competition that they see anywhere around the world in China. And they're more willing to partner with startups to do pilot programs here uh, than in other markets. So we're looking at China as a backdoor uh, to getting into global uh, large enterprise. Uh, and uh, so I think you people used to think about China as consumer, China as copy, um, not so much as, as China as an enterprise and a way to get into multinationals. But the companies that we work with in, you know, in AI, machine learning, and blockchain, um, we're helping them sell into the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, um, starting with China and then going global. Okay, and talking about going global, you're the uh, most active investor here in Southeast Asia. What would you say is the uh, trends right now for the uh, SEA uh, ecosystem? Yeah, so I mean, we're the number two most active angel seed stage investor in the world, number three most active early stage investor in the world. But in terms of Southeast Asia, we're... uh, um, I think we're ranked number eight, according to one survey, in terms of activity, um, you know, because we're at the early stage and we invest through our accelerators. So China Accelerator is um, regional enterprise and then Mox uh, mobile only accelerator is to consumer. Um, so we've gone uh, very aggressive into Southeast Asia, South Asia uh, over the last four years with Mox started off kind of slow. Uh, but now we've done uh, 58 uh, investments in Southeast Asia, South Asia, uh, most over the last two years. Uh, last year, 44 investments. This year will be another 44 investments in Southeast Asia, South Asia. Um, so w- the opportunities there uh, are on the consumer side. Um, so we're taking the China playbook. You know, I've been in China doing Internet since 2003. You know, when all the, uh, the the internet companies combined were only worth $3 billion. Now they're worth $2.5 trillion. You know, helped uh, Alibaba go public um, and helped uh, Jack Ma uh, craft his message for his first IPO. Uh, and so we're taking that kind of playbook, modifying it for Southeast Asia, South Asia, and bringing the expertise that we've built uh, over the last 15 years investing in China internet, you know, fighting in the trenches, helping our companies there. Well, we're bringing that to bear to the entrepreneurs that we're partnering with for Southeast Asia and India. Our biggest market is India. After that, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, Vietnam. Um, So it's a very tough market. You've got Google, Facebook, you know, Apple, um, Amazon in some markets. On the other side, you've got, you know, Chinese players um, and they're fighting it out. It's a difficult environment for startups to survive in. Um, so what we're doing with uh, Mox is introducing an ecosystem where our startups, uh, you know, are competing hard, um, building uh, a user base on the consumer side. Uh, they all have their unfair advantages. They're all, you know, engaging their customers. Um, but Mox is an ecosystem where the companies help each other. 
they cross-promote each other, uh, they partner with each other. Um, and, and so we've been able to get 56 million monthly active users in India. Indonesia already up past 30 million monthly active users across the MOX ecosystem. And our companies are cooperating and working with each other uh, to help each other uh, um, not just survive, uh, but uh, succeed in uh, this very competitive market. Uh, which is uh, Southeast Asia. It's also, you know, it's a fragmented market. It's a competitive market. Southeast Asia, India, South Asia. Well, thank you so much, William, for <laughs> dropping our name there. I was going to say, yeah, we're going to be having our annual event as well this year. And we're looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, good news to come from China, despite the challenges that we're facing today. Thank you so much, William, for talking to us. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people benefited from this conversation. And as I said, we look really forward in seeing you here in Bangkok soon. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Look forward to it. And uh, everybody be safe and uh, you know, start up. Okay, thank you so much. And that was our episode of Texas Global uh, Podcast. For more information, you can join us at our website, texas.co. And of course, as always, stay tuned for more episodes from Texas Global Podcast. Bye-bye. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts.